This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Let's look again at 31. It says, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. So today we look at, we celebrate Palm Sunday, which was the Sunday before Jesus was crucified. And as I've mentioned in every sermon during the series, Jesus is always in control. And he knew when he entered Jerusalem, it was the time for the, for the pinnacle of history to happen. It was time for the crucifixion and resurrection. There was no accident. Jesus was very intentional about entering Jerusalem. On the way to Jerusalem, he went through this little village called Bethany. And he, had, he was getting ready to go through there, and he had been there before. And that's where we pick up this story. Because Jesus told his disciples, he said, I want you to go into this village. And there was a particular colt, or Matthew called it a donkey, that was going to be waiting. It was tied up. It was owned by somebody. And basically, Jesus said, untie that and bring it back to me. Now, some interesting things were happening here. In the, in the ancient customs there, it was not unheard of for a political ruler to seize private property, especially when he was on a campaign. And so this was very symbolic of something that was going to happen. And it was Passover week. And in the Jewish mind, they thought if anything was going to happen, it was going to happen Passover week. This people who were oppressed by the Roman government said, this could be our time. And we know that there were many political hopes attached to Jesus. And so it was in a sense when he said, go seize his private property, bring it back to me. There was a sense of excitement that perhaps this could be this political uprising. It could be starting now. Hence, later on in the scripture, the people celebrated and said, the Lord saves us. Hosanna. Little did they know that he was coming to build a spiritual kingdom. Now, we know this too, that Jesus had supernatural power because he was God. He's completely God. So uh, we remember the scripture when he saw Nathaniel, who was sitting underneath the tree, and he had this ability to see beyond the natural eye. He saw Nathaniel uh, supernaturally uh, in a time and place and space that was different than his. And so most likely, this is what happened here. Uh, Jesus said, you're going to go into the next town, and there's going to be a colt waiting for you, and you're going to untie that. He, he probably used his supernatural knowledge. Now, we don't know that for a fact, but I'm going to give you an alternative that we're going to make an assumption here because it's going to be helpful for us as we see the activity of the Lord in our lives. Possibly it could be. This is not a biblical fact, but it could go this way. It could have been that this phrase, the Lord needs it, was some kind of prearranged password Jesus had. He had been in Bethany before, and... People had been healed, and just like every time Jesus healed someone, he had no expectations on them. It was just nothing but his grace. But I could imagine a scenario, it's easy to imagine, where someone said, Jesus, what can I do for you? Jesus, what can I do for your ministry? And maybe, perhaps, Jesus said, listen, someday I'm going to say the Lord needs it. Someday I'm going to ask for something of yours. And so it is a curious phrase because we serve this all-sufficient God who has all power in him. I mean, he's incredible. And just the, the fact that he would say the Lord needs anything, are you kidding me? 
I mean, God doesn't need anything. I mean, he's all sufficient. He's all powerful. Every, he, he holds the universe in his hands. He has everything he needs. But yet he chose to use this phrase, the Lord needs it. And I want you to apply that to your life this morning because this is a special week for our faith. This is a special week of our faith. God is unfolding his story, the story of redeeming the world, and the story continues to unfold. And God has chosen you and me to be part of that story. And so even though God doesn't have any needs, there's no needs God has. He's all sufficient. He's chosen to say, hey, the Lord needs something of yours. The Lord needs it. And the first thing I want you to write down, and I hope you're taking notes, is this. Is that God, Jesus, chooses who to use. He chooses who to use. I don't want you to ever forget that. That you don't really have self-determination over the choices you make. Now, I know that we do. We have a free will. We have individual liberties. But in the spiritual realm, we're to be slaves of Christ. We're to give our will up to God. And Jesus has chosen to use us. And he's chosen to unfold his story and unfold his plan through us and through our willingness to serve him. When I was in college, uh, I... I was a children's pastor at a church. Uh, they had two full-time staff, and I was the part-time staff, like really part-time. I think it was $25 a week part-time. Uh, so I, I enjoyed doing that, and, and I was, it was in uh, western, east, excuse me, eastern Kansas. And I played football on this partial scholarship for this little bitty school. And so I was really, really busy doing children's ministry. I preached every third Sunday night. I was going to school, and this particular semester, I'm going to tell you about, I was taking 18 hours, which was just ridiculous. Uh, and it was a very intense time uh, for our program. Our, our coaches put in a lot of demands for us, even though it was off-season. And in the middle of this whole scenario, the youth pastor at the church left. And so I had heard the rumor that the pastor was going to ask me to be the interim youth pastor. So I immediately said, this isn't going to happen. I mean, this is not going to happen because I am so busy. I mean, I'm doing all the things that I just listed to you before. And, and I began to craft this very carefully uh, defended excuse. And it's an excuse you've used before, too. And the excuse goes something like this. If I can't give 100%, then I'm not going to be in it at all. That was my excuse. As if to say, because I am so awesome that if I gave 100%, I would just blow things away. Uh, and so I'm just going to not give part of me because I'm incredible. I'm just going to wait until I give 100%. So I had, I had this, this argument defended in my mind. And so he calls me in and uh, he goes to the scenario just like I imagined and asks me to do this. And I go on and explain everything. And I remember Pastor Randy sitting there and just kind of taking everything in. And then his, his reaction really uh, caught me off guard. Because he said, well, Aaron, here's the deal. You doing it at 50% is better than anyone else I have to choose from. I was like, oh, man, that's not the answer I expected. I mean, I thought for sure I was totally out. Well, you know, it was very... It was, very, um, it was very nice to hear those words. It, it was very flattering to hear those words. And so I ended up 
helping out the church during that time. But part of that, you know, I, I tell you that story because there's that sense of being chosen and whatever his perception was, whatever his expectations were, I thought, okay, wow, if my pastor believes that, believes I have something to give, then I'm going to go ahead and give what I have. And you know, that youth group would have been fine without me. It really would have. I think things would have continued to go on. But that was kind of like my donkey or my colt. The Lord came to me and said, the Lord needs it. In my mind, I was justifying, this isn't the right time for me. I'm not able to give all of myself to this. I began to come up with every excuse why someone else was more qualified. And honestly, part of it was my pride that I didn't want to give what I had to offer. So this mythical 100% dream, you know, I use that as an excuse. But here was the truth. I had something to give to those kids. I had something to give to that youth group. And God worked within that. I learned a lot about, about time management, a lot about stress management, and, and uh, learned, learned a lot. I'm sharing it with you today. So I learned something there too. So here's what I want you to understand. You see, whatever you have, whatever you have, that the Lord comes and says, I need it. It's not that it's not that if you don't participate, the plan of God's going to fall apart because God's too powerful for that. But it's the honor of being chosen. That you've been chosen and God has said, I'm going to use you and I've chosen you. I'm going to use what you have. I'm going to use a resource that you have and I have decided to use you. And I, I want you to know this, that we should not take that for granted. In fact, I think a lot of times... Uh, you know, we look at it backwards, like God's honored. God is so honored because I'm so talented. And God is going to use my experience and my gift. And he is so fortunate that I have submitted to his plan. Oh, it's the other way around. What is it that God's coming to you? What is your cult that the Lord has chosen to use it? He gave it to you first anyway. And he's saying the Lord needs it. Do you need to open your home up for a 242 group? Do you need to spend more time with your neighbors? Do you need to give more sacrificially? I don't know what the answer is to you. Is there someone at, that you work with that just gets on your nerves and you would prefer not to interact with them at all, but they need a friend and the Lord's coming to you and the, he's saying the Lord needs it. The Lord needs the Lord needs you. He's going to work, but He's chosen you. And it's an honor. It's an honor to have Him choose us. And I think about this unnamed owner in the village of Bethany. We don't know who he is. We don't know his story. I'm even making an assumption this morning. But I do know this, is that he had an unused colt, and it was tied up, and it was waiting to be used by Jesus when Jesus came. But it was all about when God needs it. That's the second thing I want us to discuss today. I want to talk to you a little bit about timing. Because one of the things you need to remember is that Jesus comes when He's ready. When Jesus decides to come, He chooses you 
But he has his own timeline. One of, the, one of the things I think God is wanting to remind us of this morning, what God's dealing with us, is his timing. His timing, his schedule. Because God, God has a particular timeline that often doesn't sync with ours. His timing is always perfect. And one of the most painful things in life is waiting, is waiting to be used by God. One of the most discouraging things in life is feeling like your gifts and your talents are going unused. You know, that colt had never been ridden. And that was important because a colt that had never been used would only be worthy for a king who's coming to take his kingdom. So if you imagine this colt tied up by its owner, not being used at all, and I don't know how long of a period that had been, but days to weeks to months, could it have been years? Maybe, I don't know. But here it was. This colt's just tied up. It's tied up, not being used, but yet God had a plan. Tied up, not being used, but God knew the day that he would need it. Jesus said, on this day, you're going to go to this city, you're going to see this colt, and it's going to be tied up, and they're going to ask you, why do you need this? And you're going to say, the Lord needs it. So what about your gifts? What about your talents? What about your dream? Does it feel like it's been forgotten? That it's tied up and it's not being used? You see, the Holy Spirit, I believe that He wants to speak to some of you this morning who feel like you've been overlooked, who feel like you're unused, or you feel like you're forgotten. For some of you, it's all three. Overlooked, unused, and forgotten. The Lord wants you to know today that through His plan for you, through His timing, you are not overlooked, you won't be unused, and you are not forgotten. That He has gifted you, and it's God who has chosen you. Jesus has chosen you, and He's chosen you for just the right time when He is going to come and He's going to speak to you. And at just the right time, He's going to say, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs what you have. The Lord needs what He's been preparing you for. The Lord needs it now because Jesus is entering new places. Can I tell you, the Spirit of Jesus is coming into new places. The Spirit of Jesus is coming into new areas of your life. The Spirit of Jesus is coming in to new conversations. Uh, There's a new encounter. You see, that's what Easter is about. There, There is, we're entering what we call the Holy Week. This is a holy week because this is a time when much of the world is focusing its attention on Jesus. I mean, a billion plus people will be at church this weekend, this coming weekend. This is an amazing time, but I I, I want you to understand something. That Jesus wants to enter new places in your life. He wants to enter new places. That's what the resurrection is about. The resurrection means new things are coming into your life. New things are birthing in your life. But part of that happening is for when Jesus comes to you and you hear the phrase, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. You have to be willing. Say, it's yours, God. It's yours. Because even though Jesus saves us, calls us, chooses us, gives us timing, we can still be selfish. 
And we can say, it's mine. You know, it's my ministry. It's my money. It's my family. It's my decision. Even though it all came from God in the first place, we hold on to it, say it's mine. But really, all we have to say, all we have to, all we have to hear is the Lord needs it. And if we say yes in our hearts, here's the last thing I want you to write down. Is we must remain willing to respond. Even if you recognize I've been chosen, I've been provided for. Even if you recognize the timing is right, you can still say no. You can still dig your heels in and resist what God wants to do. Instead, like that owner of the cult in Bethany, we can have a yes in our heart that says, whatever you need, God, it's yours. It's yours. Take it. Take it, God. It's yours. That's the type of attitude this week Jesus wants you to have. That's the type of attitude he wants you to have. And I, I want to I pray for you that and talk to you about a significant week. I want this week to be significant for you because I believe Jesus wants to enter new places. You know, when we had, when we had our prayer beforehand, uh, before service today, we were with our prayer team. And one of our prayer members just began to, as he was praying about this message and about this Sunday, it's about theme. Out of just nowhere, out of nowhere, he said, and God, I pray for Iraq and I pray for Afghanistan. And I pray, God, that you would enter those countries and you would do a work. And you just kind of felt this energy as we begin to intercede for these nations. And it just reminded me of what resurrection power does and has done. Can I tell you, Jesus is entering new places. And it's places as big as unreached nations and unreached people groups. And it's places that seem as small as our conversation at lunch this afternoon. But you see... No place is too small for the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus is entering new places. He's entering new places. The Lord needs it. Can I tell you that you have no idea that this week, this very week, you might encourage somebody that's going to change the course of their life. You can change the course of someone's life because you're going to be an encourager today. You're going to be an encourager this week. Jesus is wanting to get into your conversations. Jesus is wanting to get into your thoughts. There's an entryway to Jesus. The Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. He's chosen to use you. He's chosen to, to take what you have and say, I'm going to take what seems insignificant and seem it's overlooked and it's unused. And maybe for some of you people have wondered, why have you had that colt tied up for so many years? What in the world is that for? And they don't know that there's coming a day, there's coming a time, you're hearing it this morning, where God says, I need it. The Lord needs it because new things are going to happen. Boy, I'm sensing, let's stand together. Come on, let's stand together. We, we want to thank you, Lord. New pathways, new pathways, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the King of glory is coming in to new places, Lord. The entryway of Jesus, the entryway of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, we throw open the gates of our cities. We throw open the pathways. There's pathways into your heart. There's pathways. Would you begin to prepare the way of the Lord? Lord, we thank you, God, that you are coming with power and authority to every single area of our life. And we thank you for that. One of the things that as I, as I was praying for you this morning, 
one of the things that I felt like the Lord was saying to, to several of you is there's a place of solitude this week. God, God is going to call you to some, some times of silence. The Lord said, don't run from the silence. Don't abandon the silence. He's coming. He's coming in a new way. Listen, I don't know if it's going to be in your car. I don't know if it's going to be uh, walking at a trail at the park. But, but the Spirit of Jesus is saying, I'm working. Listen, this is a preparation Sunday. This is a, prepa- a preparation Sunday. We're preparing the way of the Lord. You see, what we don't want to do, what we don't want to do is just check off church. Hey, you know, hey, hey, hey it's, it's been a great weekend. Uh, we've had fun this weekend. Let's go to church. Check it off the list. And now we have the rest of the day for ourselves, right? Listen, God wants more than that. I know you've made plans this afternoon, and that's okay. I know some of you. I know some of your plans. we got some baseball games, and, and we have some activities, and going out to lunch, and all of those are okay. Keep proceeding. But can I tell you that Jesus is, is wanting to enter those places. He's wanting to come to those places. Uh, you know, that some of you, your car is going to become a sanctuary. Instead of complaining about your commute, saying, I don't want to drive 30 minutes to work. i got to drive 40 minutes to work. Gas prices are high. I understand this. I understand that that can be difficult and frustrating and filled with stress. But instead, let's reverse what we've called a curse and say, now this vehicle is a sanctuary. It's a place for me to meet God because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. We're preparing the way of the Lord. We're saying, God, here it is. We're putting down our cloths. We're putting down the palm branches. We're saying, God, you're welcome. Let the King of glory come in. Let God come into the place he hasn't been before. Let God come into the place he hasn't been. The Lord wants to come into our entertainment. The Lord wants to come into the place places that we haven't invited him. You see, some of us have compartmentalized hearts. We're saying, Jesus, you've got Sunday. You've got Wednesday. Jesus, you've got my quiet time. Jesus, you've got a part of my reading. You've got part of my music. But, but we say, Jesus, you have these parts. But he says, I want everything. I want everything. And it's not because he's selfish in, in the fact that he wants to take away from you. Uh, he wants to give because there's a greater glory and there's a greater power with everything he touches is better. Everything he touches is greater. Everything he touches, he redeems it for his purposes and for the strength of the Lord. And that's what he wants to do. Father, we welcome you and we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that anything you need, we give to you, God. Lord, we know you're not a God that, that has a need, but you have chosen to use us. Use our resources, use our talents, our vehicles, our homes, our bank accounts, Lord, our voices, our conversations, Lord, the things that we choose. Every single thing belongs to you. Every single thing is yours, God. Lord, we thank you, God, for new pathways, new entry points. We thank you, Lord, you're coming, Lord, to broken relationships. You see, there's some relationships that you've said are dead. That I'm not talking about the Lord now, I'm talking to you. There's some relationships you've said they're dead, they're gone, they're over, they're not going to be what they once were. And God said, there's resurrection coming. Would you open your heart? Would you open the pathway? Would you let me come in? I'm going to resurrect those things. I'm going to cause new life. I speak new life to those. That's what God is doing. Jesus is doing those things within you. The Lord needs it. You see, this is what happens is we prepare the way of the Lord and then the Lord comes to us. Isn't that beautiful? We prepare the way for someone else, but then he comes to where we are and we thank you for that. Well, we want to respond to this in the few minutes we have left together. Uh, we have both. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian Lake.